Well, amen. Turn with me in your Bible to Luke, Luke chapter 19. We uh, have, since uh, about a year ago, been on a journey through the Gospel of Luke. We did the first section uh, last Christmas season. We've gone through section two, and we are getting close to the end of the third section in the Gospel of Luke that we've called the Son of Man. We just have two more sermons today and next Sunday before we'll do a couple of sermons around Christmas time. But Christ is getting closer and closer to Jerusalem. He's getting closer and closer to the very reason that he was born a baby, so that he might go to Jerusalem and so that he might die for our sins. But before we get those, he's got one last encounter with someone here in chapter 19, a tax collector named Zacchaeus. So today we're going to be looking at Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, and seeing that Christ came to seek and to save. So read along with me. This is the Word of God, Luke 19, starting in verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you that you have told us week in and week out as we've gone through the Gospel of Luke just how amazingly wonderful and glorious Jesus Christ truly is. God, the better part of this past year, we have been walking story by story through this gospel, looking at just how amazing Jesus is. And so as we come to this story today, which may be familiar to many of us, God, may we see just how amazingly glorious Jesus is. The fact that he left his throne in heaven and he came to earth and he lived and he died and he rose again so that he might seek and save the lost. Lord, we praise you today for Jesus. God, would you speak to us today from your word? Would you show us just how amazing this salvation is that we have? And more than that, just how amazing our Savior is. God, would you speak to us today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it had been 45 years 
since Randy Bachman had seen his guitar. If you don't know, Randy Bachman is one of the great rock guitarists, and his favorite guitar was a 1957 Gretsch that he bought when he was 19 years old. But in 1977, that favorite guitar of his was stolen from a hotel room. For years, he searched for his lost guitar and found nothing. He eventually gave up believing that it was lost forever. There were rumors that it had been taken to Japan and it made its way through the cities there, but it was never really found. That is until 2020. Someone who was a longtime fan of Bachman searched the internet using facial recognition software and found the guitar in a YouTube video of a Japanese musician. And so after 45 years, these two men met up and the guitar was returned to Richard Bachman. His lost guitar was found. It was rescued. And it was home again. You know, when we think about the Christian faith, it can be easy to think that it's just another religion. There's a lot of world religions, and they've got rules, and they've got rituals. And maybe Christianity is just one of those. Maybe it's just another way to help us follow the right rules. You see, it's easy to believe that having good morals or family values is enough. It's easy to see the Christian faith as a way just to be a good person. But friends, that's not what the good news of Jesus is all about. You see, the Christian faith is actually nothing like all of those world religions. And in fact, it's actually a lot more like the story of someone seeking and finding a lost guitar. You know, we've come to God's Word today, and we see the very heart of the Christian faith. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to find those who seemed lost forever. He came to save them and to bring them home to God. And so today, as we hear the story of Zacchaeus, my prayer is that we would see the very heart of the gospel that we would see the very heart of Jesus. My prayer is that we would be amazed by the grace of Jesus, the grace that would lead him to seek and save lost souls like you and like me. I want us to see that grace, and I want us to be transformed by that grace. So notice first the lost soul in our story. So Jesus is getting closer and closer to Jerusalem, if you remember all the way back into chapter 9, he began this ministry road tour on the way to the holy city. And last week we saw the healing of a blind man on the road to Jericho. But as we turn to chapter 19, we see Jesus has entered the city of Jericho. You see, Jericho was pretty close to Jerusalem, and people would often travel through the city on their way to worship in Jerusalem. And so that meant Jericho had lots of business, and with lots of good business comes lots of taxes. You see, Luke tells us in the city there's a man named Zacchaeus. His name means innocent, but he's anything but innocent. Luke tells us he is a chief tax collector and was rich. 
You see, tax collectors were hated by most people. They got rich by forcing people to pay high taxes and taking a bunch of that money for themselves. And worse than that, they were traitors. They were collecting taxes for Rome, the very empire that was oppressing the Jews and occupying their land. You see, although these men were very rich, they were social outcasts. We need to think of tax collectors less like accountants and more like drug dealers. They were despised and hated. They were unclean and unworthy. They were the scum of the earth. But notice in verse 3 that this tax collector wants to see Jesus. He had probably heard that Jesus was coming through the city and he wanted to see him. Now, maybe he had heard that Jesus had a tax collector serving as one of his disciples. Maybe he had heard that Jesus often went to eat and drink with tax collectors. Maybe he had heard that Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Whatever the case is, he wants to see Jesus. But you see, there's two problems. There's a huge crowd around Jesus. And Zacchaeus was short. As someone who can feel Zacchaeus' pain, I understand what happened next. He ran ahead the crowd, and he climbs a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus. Now, we have to understand this would have been pretty embarrassing for Zacchaeus. A grown man doesn't run in public. That's embarrassing. And worse than that, a grown man isn't climbing up a tree like some animal. You see, when we look at Zacchaeus, he apparently has no dignity. Or maybe he just doesn't care because he wants to see Jesus. You see, when we look at Zacchaeus, we see someone who's probably not a good candidate for the kingdom of God. Jesus is bringing the kingdom. Zacchaeus is not going to be a good fit. He's a traitor and he's a thief. He's a little man with even little dignity. He's an embarrassment to the Jewish people. He's a sinner. But you see, what Jesus sees in Zacchaeus is a lost soul. The kind of people that are fit for the coming kingdom. Zacchaeus is exactly the kind of person that King Jesus came to seek and to save. You know, there's a clothing company called Be a Good Person. And every single piece of clothing that they sell has the phrase on it, Be a Good Person. They sell shirts and pants, hats, hoodies, jackets, backpacks, just about anything that you can wear. And plastered all over it is the phrase, Be a Good Person. Now, that's certainly a good thought and maybe a good thing to encourage, but that's not the message of the gospel. Jesus didn't just show up on the earth and go around telling people, hey, be a good person. Be a good person. That's not the gospel message. Jesus says, I came to seek and to save lost souls. You see, the Bible is clear. There are really no good people. Now, certainly we're not as terrible as we could be. 
And in one sense, most of us are good folk here. But listen, when we stand before a righteous, holy God, we are nothing but lost sinners. That's what we are. Listen to Paul in Romans 3, 10 and 11. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless idols. No one does good. Not even one. If you think that you're a good person, you're missing what Paul is saying, what the Bible is saying. You see, there's not a category of good people and bad people. There are only lost people. We are all of us, even the best of us, sinners. We are all lost souls. And there's no hope for us until we accept that. You see, remember the story that Jesus told earlier in Luke 18 about a religious leader and another tax collector. They both went to the temple to pray, and the Pharisee basically praises himself for how good he is, how much better he is than this tax collector. But all the tax collector can do is down on the ground, cry out, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus told us that it was the tax collector who walked away that day right with God. You see, there's no hope for you if you think that you're good enough. Jesus did not come to seek and save those who think they're good enough. Jesus came to seek and save those who know that they're not good enough. Jesus is on a mission to find souls who know that they desperately need him. People like Zacchaeus who desperately need his grace. People like you and like me who desperately need his grace. Jesus came to seek and to save lost souls like you and like me. So notice second, not the lost soul, but notice next, the seeking Savior. So Zacchaeus is up in this tree trying to see Jesus. And Luke tells us in verse 5 that Jesus came, comes right up to that tree. He looks up and he sees that tax collector hanging in the branches of a tree. And he says to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. You see, Jesus is probably looking for a good place for him and his disciples to stay in the city of Jericho. But he's not just looking for a good Airbnb in the, in the town. He was looking for the host. You know, when we started this story, it seemed like Zacchaeus was the one looking for Jesus. But when we get to verse 5, we see it's actually Jesus looking for Zacchaeus. He is exactly the kind of person that Jesus is looking for, the kind of lost soul that Jesus came to seek and to save. And so notice a few things. Notice the kindness that Jesus shows this man. Jesus calls him by name. He speaks his name, Zacchaeus. Jesus doesn't ignore him. He doesn't belittle him. He doesn't start talking about how terrible he is. He doesn't condemn him. He looks at Zacchaeus and says his name. John 10, 3 says that Jesus, our good shepherd, knows our names. To Jesus, we're not just another face in the crowd. 
We're not just another sinner to be rejected. He knows us and he loves us. And in his kindness, he speaks our name. What a wonderful day that will be when we stand face to face with our Savior and he speaks our name. What kindness that Jesus would speak this man's name. What kindness that he would speak ours. This seeking Savior is full of kindness. But notice also how he welcomes Zacchaeus. Now, it would seem like Zacchaeus is the one welcoming Jesus because he's got the home. But in this culture, to go into someone's house was a symbol of welcome and acceptance. If you don't want to welcome somebody, you don't go into their house. In fact, the Pharisees have been complaining about Jesus doing this for some time now. Back in 15, chapter 15, verse 2, they say, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus says, Yeah, of course I do. I came for those who are sick and need a physician. I came to call sinners to repentance. I came to seek and to save the lost. You see, it's this welcome of Jesus that draws Zacchaeus in. Jesus is not afraid to associate with sinners. He's not afraid to eat with us, to fellowship with us. He doesn't care about the reputation of being called a friend of sinners. That's what he wants to be, a friend of sinners. Jesus lived and died and rose again so that he could welcome sinners like you and like me. The seeking Savior is full of kindness and he offers us his welcome. But notice also the grace that Jesus shows Zacchaeus. Luke tells us that Zacchaeus hurries down the tree. He receives Jesus with joy. But look at verse 7. When all the crowds around see this, they begin to grumble. Jesus has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. These super religious people just couldn't understand why Jesus would want to eat with such a terrible person. And Jesus did it so much. And earlier in Luke, they accused Jesus of being a glutton and a drunk. But why would he risk his reputation like this? Why would he be willing to eat with sinners? Because of his grace. Jesus is full of kindness towards us because of his grace. He welcomes us because of his grace. He came to seek and to save the lost because of his grace. You know, religious people often struggle with grace. If you think you deserve something from God you'll never fully understand grace. If you think that you're good enough or religious enough, you'll never understand grace. If you think that you're better than other people, you'll never understand grace. Religious people think they are too good for grace and that all those terrible people are too bad for grace. I think there's a warning for us here in verse 7. We must never think that some people are too lost for the grace of Jesus. It could be the drug addict or 
those in your dorm who like to party. Maybe it's your family member who just hates God. Or even the prostitutes in our city. No one is too lost for the grace of Jesus. Yes, Zacchaeus was a great sinner, but Jesus' grace is greater. We are great sinners too, and his grace is greater. This marvelous, infinite, matchless grace is greater than our sin. You know, another way that we tend to struggle with grace is maybe not thinking that other people can't receive it. Maybe we struggle to believe that we can truly receive it. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time or a short time, and grace just seems too good to be true. How can Jesus continue to love and accept me? Will there ever come a day that he gets tired of me? Will he ever change his mind and decide to condemn me? Brothers and sisters, Jesus saved us by grace and he will keep us by grace. If we cling to that grace, he will, we will never wear out our welcome with Jesus. As Dane Ortland said, if he loved us in our mess then, he'll love us in our mess now. You see, the good news is that Jesus shed his blood to welcome sinners like you and me. And no amount of guilt or shame that we feel could ever change that. He accepts us by grace. And he will continue to accept us by grace. He loves us by grace. And he will continue to love us by grace. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Not then, not now, not ever. There will never come a day where Jesus will stop covering us with his grace. We will spend every single moment of our lives covered by his grace. And we will spend every single moment of eternity forever covered by his grace. Jesus purchased that grace for us on the cross and he doesn't regret it. Not even a bit. So brothers and sisters, let's stand in that grace today. Hope in his grace. Cling to his grace. Allow his grace to cover you when you struggle with that same sin over and over. Allow his grace to carry you when you feel overwhelmed and anxious. Allow his grace to comfort you when the sorrows and the suffering seem too hard to bear. Allow his grace to catch you when you're at the end of yourself and all you can do is collapse in the arms of Jesus. You see, that same grace that called Zacchaeus down from that tree is the same grace that saves you and saves me. It's the same grace that keeps us and will bring us home. It's the grace that brought Jesus to seek and to save the lost. That's our seeking Savior. So notice, lastly, the transformed life. So we've seen the lost soul, the seeking Savior, and look now to the transformed life. So Luke doesn't give us many details about what happened in Zacchaeus' home. 
There was probably a great feast prepared. There were probably lots of people gathered there in the home. But Luke isn't so concerned about what happened inside the house. You see, he's more concerned about what happened inside Zacchaeus. Look at verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Now that just seems out of nowhere in the story, doesn't it? Why would he just stand up and blurt all of that out? Some people think Zacchaeus is trying to impress Jesus. Maybe he's trying to earn God's forgiveness for all the terrible things he did. Or maybe he's just blowing smoke and really has no intention to actually do any of these things. But friends, there's something more happening here. You see, something has happened inside of Zacchaeus. The kindness and the welcome and the grace that Jesus showed him has transformed his life. Zacchaeus is a new man. He's been born again. He's been made alive in Christ. He is now a transformed life. You say, well, how do we know that? Well, think of the story we heard a few weeks ago about another rich man. Back in chapter 18, we see a rich ruler come to Jesus and ask him what he has to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. And he quotes a few of the Ten Commandments. And the rich man says, good, I've kept all of those since I was young. And Jesus says, great, you just lack one thing. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Then come and follow me. And Luke tells us that the rich man walked away that day from Jesus sad because he did not want to give away all of his wealth. I mean, just think about how different these two men were. One was a good man. One was a very bad man. One spent his life keeping God's command. The other spent his life breaking God's commands. You see, when the rich ruler meets Jesus, he is unwilling to give up his money. But Zacchaeus meets Jesus, and he's willing to give it away. To give away half of his wealth, to pay back four times what he stole from anybody. So what happened here? How did this rich tax collector get into the kingdom of God? How did the camel go through the eye of the needle? Well, God did what is impossible with man. God saved Zacchaeus. Look at what Jesus says in verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a child or a son of Abraham. You see, it might seem like Zacchaeus has just been saved by good works. He's willing to give away his money, so God rewards him with salvation. But we know better than that, don't we? The Bible is clear. Salvation belongs to God. It is a work of God that only God can do. Listen to Paul in 2 Timothy 1.9. He says, God saved us. 
God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. You see, Zacchaeus, Jesus calls Zacchaeus a son of Abraham. He has just been counted righteous by faith, just like Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Zacchaeus has put his faith in Jesus. He has repented of his sins. And now we see the fruit of a transformed life. You see, Zacchaeus is ready to pay back his debts because he knows Jesus is going to pay all of his. Zacchaeus is willing to give away all of his treasure because he knows now that Jesus is his greatest treasure. Zacchaeus is willing to follow Jesus because he knows Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That's exactly what Jesus says in verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, the rich ruler walked away sad, clinging to his money. But Zacchaeus this day walks away with great joy, clinging to Jesus. You know, if that's not a transformation, then I don't know what is. Do you see in Zacchaeus the transformed life? Have you experienced a transformed life like Zacchaeus? I know that I have. You know, I was a pretty good kid growing up. I came from a good family. My parents taught me good morals and values. I didn't get into much trouble. But I wasn't a Christian, and I didn't want to be a Christian. My family didn't go to church. I would go to church sometimes with friends, but I didn't really care much about church and honestly, I cared even less about Jesus. If you told me that when I was 16 that I would be a pastor, I would have laughed at you. Why would I be a pastor? I don't even want to be a Christian. Why would I want to be a pastor? Why would I want to give my life to Jesus? In my pride, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus. Jesus didn't feel the same way about me. He saw me as a sheep wandering far from God, and he came to seek me. He saw me as a hopeless, helpless, lost soul, and he came to save me. He poured out his kindness on me. He welcomed me a sinner, and he showered me with grace upon grace. When I was 17 years old, running away from him, Jesus found me, and he saved me, and he completely changed my life. He paid my debts on the cross, and he raised me to new life again. He gave me a new life, and a new heart, and a new treasure. And I stand here today as proof that Luke 19.10 is true. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He did it for me and he can do it for you. If you're here today and you are a lost soul, 
Jesus can find you and he can save you. If you would confess today that you're a lost soul, a sinner desperate for Jesus, he can do it for you. If you would believe that he lived and died and rose again for your sins, then he can do it for you. If you would run to Jesus, he will cover you with kindness. He will welcome you. He will shower you with his grace. You might say, well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. Jesus does. And he died on the cross to forgive us for all that we've done. If he can save Zacchaeus, he can save you. If he can save me, he can save you. Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and today salvation can come to you. So would you do that today, even right where you're seated? Cry out to Jesus. Call upon his name for him to come and to save you. But brothers and sisters, those of us who have been saved, remember just how amazing this salvation is. Maybe you feel weighed down by life right now. Maybe your relationship with the Lord just seems stale. Maybe you're just going through the motions. Maybe your love for Jesus is cold. Maybe your faith seems razor thin. Maybe the light of your hope seems almost gone. Brothers and sisters, remember your salvation. And more than that, remember your Savior today. Remember his love. He loved you then. He loves you now. And he will love you forever. Remember his kindness. Jesus knows your name. Remember his welcome. Jesus is not afraid or ashamed to call you friend. Remember his grace. Jesus will never stop showering us with his grace. Remember that he came from heaven for us. Remember that he was born a baby for us. Remember that he lived a perfect life for us. Remember that he died on the cross for us. Remember that he rose again on the third day for us. And remember that he is coming again for us. Brothers and sisters, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost like you and like me. Let's remember that salvation. Let's remember our Savior today. You know, when we get to heaven one day and if we see Zacchaeus, I'm sure we'll have lots of questions for him. But we won't have to question what happened to him. He joyfully received Jesus. He, Jesus became his greatest treasure. And his life was never the same again. So brothers and sisters, let's join him today. Let's joyfully receive Jesus. Let's treasure Jesus together. And let's never be the same again. Let's cling forever to the amazing good news 
that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's celebrate that good news together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, how humbling it is to know that Christ came to seek and to save lost sinners like us. God, in one sense, we might look at our lives and think that we're good people. But when we know and we stand before a holy God, we certainly are not. We have rebelled against your rule in our lives. We have broken every single one of your commands. We have failed to love you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We have dishonored you and failed to give you the glory in so many ways. But God, we're so thankful for Jesus who came to rescue us from that. Who came to rescue us from our sin and our shame. Lord, we were all lost souls. And Christ came for us. What an amazing gift. What an amazing Savior. Lord, thank you for Jesus. God, we know that there are probably lost souls here with us today. People who have never been found and never been saved by Jesus. God, may today be the day of salvation. Even as Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come. God, would you bring salvation today in the lives of those here who have not yet been saved? Would you draw them to Jesus? Would you help them to see this seeking Savior who is kind, who welcomes sinners, who showers us with grace? God, would you help them to repent and believe, to turn to Jesus and be saved? God, we are so thankful that Jesus continues to love us, continues to be kind and to welcome us and to cover us with his grace. Help us not to look down on others that we think are too bad. Or help us not to look down on ourselves who think that we're too bad for grace. Help us to receive that grace and to stand in that grace. And God, I'm praying that you would allow us to live transformed lives. We thank you that Christ died to save us and to forgive us, but also to make us new, new creations who've been born again by Christ. Would you help us to live like Zacchaeus, who's willing to give away everything because Jesus is better? Help us to receive Jesus with joy, to treasure Jesus together. Lord, help us to live transformed lives for the goodness and for the glory of Jesus. Lord, we are humbled, we are amazed, we are overjoyed that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Lord, may all we do bring glory and praise to his name. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.